there you go, Kevin Barker. You're not going to win every one of them. Well, not unless you're the Tampa Bay Rays, in which case you are going to win every one. There you go. 3-1, the Blue Jays losing to the Detroit Tigers tonight, losing a chance to sweep the Tigers. They will now open a three-game series tomorrow against the 13-0 Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays can make history tomorrow. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Let's make a little history ourselves tonight in the phone line, shall we? Bark, that idea. doesn't make any sense. Kevin, your Blue Jays tonight, 1-for-12 with runners in scoring position. I thought Caleb Joseph made an interesting point uh, during the broadcast. We've spent a lot of time crediting the Blue Jays for their approach, talking about their approach. I don't think it necessarily had anything to do with the fact that Matt Chapman wasn't in the lineup tonight because of a, vi- because of a virus. But I, you know, Caleb's point was well taken. That was kind of the one of the fr- few times this year that I just felt that they kind of got out of their approach a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, look, I, I think you, you have situations where, you know, a lot of that runners and scoring position thing, other than the Vladdy hanging breaking ball, right? I think he'd rather have that back. He got a little big. Sometimes you get the little hanging thing. It's very hard to catch it out front and not over swing. You saw that. I think he, if he had that back, that little nice short, quick approach, stay in the big part of the field, he creates some backspin, something else positive would happen there. You know, runners in scoring position, Jeff, is a lot of luck, right? You need to have the right guy up at the right time. Yep. They've, they've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start when it came to that. I don't know if you remember, but the old wise one that sits beside you every single day said one of the keys to the season would be runners in scoring position with two outs. Because in first three dudes, I don't know if you noticed, Jeff, they're pretty good. They get on base a lot. And the guys after that need to be really efficient, have quality at bat after quality at bat. That's how you pass the baton runners in scoring position. I used to take try and take pride in just doing that. You know, I, I would be okay going one for four with a runner on second base and driving that run in, having that good approach. Right? Don't. It's not always about swinging at a strike early in the counts before you get two strikes with runners on base. It's about swinging at your pitch. And I just think sometimes, like Varsho, Varsho's learning how to hit still, right? He's a young guy. He's learning what he can and can't do in big spots. And these guys are bearing down. They're trying to pitch to your weaknesses. You really got to fight that to get a good pitch to hit. And Brandon Belt's gotten off to a slow start. And Kirky's bat looks a little slower. Looks like he's cheating. Maybe he's not as strong as he was at the end of the season. He's trying to get back a little bit more. Not too worried about that. I think they'll figure that kind of thing out. But, you know, it is uh, it is one of those things where you got to go up. You got to have that sound approach. If you don't, Turnbull was really good. Uh, like he had a little, well, he had a little, he had a sneaky arm uh, swing, which is you know you could tell that it was getting on him. They would either take it, you know, it had some late giddy up to it, it had some late movement to it. Just looked like they weren't picking it up. Give him credit, right? He was he had a little quick wind up. He was getting it to the release point. He would release the baseball, and it just seemed like the Blue Jays weren't picking it up. And give him credit. He made a good pitch when he had to make a good pitch. And that just goes to show you, no matter what team you're facing, other than the Rays early in the season here, which is a fluke, right? You know, it just doesn't happen to a lot of teams. It's very hard to sweep big league baseball teams because it's, you know, it's a little embarrassing. They're bearing down. And give A.J. Hinch credit. He came on our show, and – I ask him the question of, hey, when's the right time to make a move, right? Shake things up a little bit. Well, I guess I think we got our answer when Baez forgot how many outs there was, and he took him out of the game. So, yeah, you, you, you know, you 
wipe the slate clean, you move on, and you move on to a, a really good team, and you try and hopefully have some good pitching and get some big hits when you need them. Yeah, Turnbull was really effective tonight when he needed to be, right right from the get-go, the first inning. Um, you know, he's got a runner in second, Bichette in second after Vladdy walks. He gets Varsho to pop up, gets Kirk to line out to right field. You mentioned the at-bat that I think probably, uh, I mean, the game was close at that point in time. Well, 3-1, it was a close game all along. But the, the Vladdy at-bat you talked about, I mean, that's a situation you got two on, Vladdy comes up, pop up. And then uh, Varsho grounds out to the second baseman. Kirk strikes out swinging. You, you, you leave those runners stranded. And, yeah, it just it, it was a night where the Jays just weren't going to get anything going. Now, you know, in fairness, maybe not in fairness, but it should be pointed out, the Tigers were also 2 for 14 with runners in scoring position. So it's not like they went out and, uh, and, and, and pounded the Jays. There was, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of men on base this whole game. It seemed like everybody was working from the stretch, and there was – there was always somebody on base. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. What did you make of tonight's game? More importantly, I guess we can turn the page now. The Tampa Bay Rays are coming into town. They're 13-0. and They're awfully good. And the way it lines up right now, they will be facing Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi, and Alec Manoa. Of the Jays' five starting pitchers, you could probably make the case those three are have been the least effective uh, in their last starts. So to say that it's a little Score bit a of a suboptimal situation is, uh, you know, would not be an understatement. You're right, though. Score a lot of runs against the Rays. You're, you're, you're going to have to do that and, uh, and hope that your starting pitching holds the fort. Chris Bassett, I, I thought, Kevin, we're seeing, we're seeing more. This is a second start where I've seen – more of what I needed to see from him. And I know we can talk about the quality of, of, of competition, but at this point, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think we can. I think we kind of had our own boxes that we were checking for Chris Bassett, Velo. Uh, I'm with Caleb. Uh, it, the rhythm is a little better tonight, but, man, you know, he looks – I'm a little concerned that he has to always look at the button he's pushing. You know what I mean? You watch other guys use that, and it's not the same. I got to pull it out of my belt and look at it and push. Yeah, but that other guys one. don't have eight pitches. I mean, he, threw, no, he only threw but, seven. But of my them point tonight, is, that, I that's think a lot of I pitch. think you got to make sure I, you're pushing the right button. Yeah, well, my point is that I, I think once once Kirk and Jansen have caught him a little bit, I, I really hope Schneider they put a little bug in his ear and say, you know what? Let the catchers call. Let the catchers call the game. You focus on what you need to do. And I'm with Caleb in this. I think two, maybe three more starts. You got to have that discussion. You just do. Yeah, I don't know. Look, look, he's got so many pitches. I mean, the the sequencing, the the different speeds he throws, the the unpredictability. Right? We saw four sinkers in a row. We saw two breaking balls in a row to a lefty. We saw backdoor uh, uh, sinker to a lefty. He's all over the place with how he's throwing them, when he's oh, throwing them, that you curve, know, the speeds that, that, he's throwing that, them. That how, curve. How, how? Okay, if you're a catcher, how do you how do you guess along with mm. that? That's basically what you're doing. You're guessing along with it. I'm I'm with Caleb and you. Hopefully it works out that way but do you really see it happening like how would yeah, you do. guess I, you, I think you have you'd have to, to be a brain you, you surgeon you have to be in, in between his ears to well, figure no, I, out when he wants to throw these things and how know, much he wants to throw it so no i mean yeah, it worked it, it worked i mean you know it's worked he's 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 had a career up to this point where he hasn't really had pitch yeah, but not so with i the think pitch you, club. 
Yeah, I, I think he, I think it's it's something you have to look at. Although again, I, I will say the the rhythm was better this game. He he is he is better now than he was a couple of starts ago. Like and and you can see most importantly no for me. Most importantly for me, you can see what he has to do when he when he has success. Like you, you can tell just by just by watching him. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, was asked uh, about Chris Bassett and what he has seen as as Chris Bassett's as the early season has progressed with him. This is what the Blue Jays manager had to say about Chris Bassett. Kind of more of the same of what he was in Anaheim. Um, I thought his stuff was better. Velo was better on the fastball. Um, but it's kind of more of the same of what he did in Anaheim and, you know, limiting damage, understanding situ- uh, situations, you know, what pitches to make. Um, I thought his stuff was better, but that's kind of just, you know, more of what we can expect from him. And was, when he's eating through a lot of pitches and a lot of innings like he does when he's at his best, what allows him to do that when he's maybe not blowing guys away but uh, getting deep into games? I think his feel for pitching. You know, he, he's really good at reading hitter swings, um, not afraid to throw any pitch in any count. And I think it just kind of keeps hitters a little bit at bay. That's uh, that's been his mo for a while. It's what he's continuing to do. That was John Schneider, manager of the Blue Jays. Chris Bassett tonight: uh, seven strikeouts, three walks, four hits, 107 and pit- pitches, 67 strikes, uh, 94.8 is fastball. He had 10 swings and misses through seven different pitches, according to Baseball Savant. So there you go. I presume that was the uh, that was the full arsenal pitches. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. It's Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. This is Blue Jays talk three one. The Blue Jays losing to the Detroit Tigers. Sam and Hamilton. We want to talk about the Jays bullpen. What's up, Sam? Hey guys. First of all, you know, obviously it sucks we didn't get the win, but I'm excited to face Tampa. Hopefully, we can end their streak tomorrow night with Barrios. Um, yeah, the two things I wanted to talk about um, were the second base situation in the bullpen. Now, obviously, I'm going to start with the bullpen. Tim Meza has looked really good, but I just really wish we'd add another lefty because it just feels like in a long series, you just only have one lefty come out of the bullpen. Sometimes Meza does struggle a second time in a row against the same team. So, you know, maybe they can look for a left-handed hitter. Like, maybe maybe we missed the boat in signing a role to Chapman because he looked good in KC. And about the second base situation, um, I think we need to rip off the Band-Aid. Espinel and Biggio, I mean, how many times are they just going to keep struggling? How long are we going to just keep throwing them out there? And maybe go get a Yohan Mankata from the White Sox, a switch-inning power hitter. So that's all I got to yeah, say. You Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. You can't have everything. I mean, you, you, you can't have everything. Look, the, the, the lefty in the bullpen, be nice. Um I don't know if it's that big a deal. I, you know, if I got Eric Swanson there now, I've got a certain de- degree of comfort with him uh, against the lefty. I'd still like to see a little more velo. I don't care if it's right, left, or you know, the dude throws with his tongue down the middle, whatever. I, I don't, I don't necessarily care. But the bullpen, bullpen doesn't concern me right now. The bullpen does not concern me right now. Is it good enough to go on a run in the postseason? This is what we talk about all the time. I don't think we're there yet. Is it good enough to get to the postseason? Yeah, I think it's good enough to get to the postseason. I'm more, I'll tell you this much. I am more comfortable with the bullpen now than I am with the starting rotation. And I didn't think, Kevin, I don't know about you, I didn't think I'd be sitting here on April 13th and saying that. But it is a fact. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I said this, really good rotations who are trying to win 100 games in a season and trying to win the American League East need almost 900 innings. 
does it look right now from what you've seen from the Blue Jays rotation that they're going to get anywhere near that? I mean, they had, what, 827 innings last year? That was like 19th in baseball. Not good enough. Like, it's just going to destroy bullpens late in seasons. And, yeah, I need to get that turned around a little bit. You know, it'll help when they start hitting a little few more home runs. It'll help when, you know, some guys at the bottom of the order start turning the corner a little bit and start getting some big hits, and that'll take a little pressure. I've, I've said this to you forever, Jeff. They need a no-brainer in the eighth inning. When they get that, everything else will sort of fall in place because they got a couple of hybrid guys. They got their ninth-inning guy. You know, he'll hopefully become a little bit more unpredictable in the playoffs with the slider and the fastball because he throws really hard. So, I'm not worried about the the bullpen. I think it'll help them get to the to the playoffs. It's just a rotation. You have any idea what you're going to get from Barrios tomorrow? Like nope, any no clue. clue whatsoever? No clue. Do you I'll think tell you what, I could does? get? I could get. I could get six innings out of him tomorrow. I could get two and a third. I'll pr- I, or some, and he'll probably end up getting someplace in between. But I just don't know because, uh, you know, the thing with with, with Barrios there. I mean, there is a chance that it, at at some point he goes back to being the guy he was. You know, unless there's something out there we don't know about. I mean, I don't know. Sticky stuff was that a big deal when he? I I don't know. I don't know enough about his stuff to know whether or not he's yeah. a guy that was affected by that. All I know is you do have a track record with him, with Jose Barrios, and you know, in a perfect world, he reverses that. But do, what am I expecting tomorrow? Right now, right now, if he gives me five and I'm close, I'm happy. He Jeff, gives me five, and I'm close. I'm Jeff. I'm, we, I'm happy. We've had three or four different people on that that used to be catchers that had three or four different answers. I talked to seven or eight different people at the field. They said every different thing except throw left-handed. You you can't. I can only imagine what he's going through between starts when he has a bad one. I mean, I, just go out there and let it eat. Andre and Barry, you want to talk about that final at bat with Kevin? Hey boys. Great show. Always watching. I always agree with most of everything you guys say. And yeah, you know, you feel bad for Biggio, right? Like there's a chance to, to get on base and, and deja vu, like three to one ninth inning. And that's just too bad. I think he got robbed on that pitch. That pitch was like not even close. Like I, that's what really burns me at the end of a game. Like that's what makes you want to say, get rid of these umps and, and, and get an electronic system. And then it should be perfect. Right. No, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's not going to happen. I mean, you, it's yeah. just not. You're, we already know baseball is not going to a fully electronic system. Yeah. You'll always have umpires. But to your point, Mike Esterbrook did not have a good game tonight. He was awful. Um, you know, he, when he was getting looks from both teams. He was getting looks yeah. from both catchers. Uh, he did not have a good game. I and mean, he didn't. You know. Now, as for Kevin Biggio, I mean, I, I, I don't know. If, right now, I don't know if the game owes Kevin Biggio anything. Kevin Biggio's got to start. He's got to start producing. He's got to start producing. I mean, he doesn't. The umpires don't owe Kevin Biggio anything right now. He's got to start producing, um, and and uh, yeah. But I mean, again, again, the umpiring, and we don't usually dump in the umpires in the show. At least one half of the show doesn't. But it was not good tonight. It was it was an uncomfortable strike zone, and it was really inconsistent. I thought Kevin. Yeah, well, if you've noticed, I'm not. I'm usually not hard on anybody unless they deserve it. And most umpires who are really bad deserve it. So I'm going to dump on them any yeah, chance was... I get. Kevin, Kevin Biggio, I, I just, whenever I watch him swing, I really don't know what his approach is. What's he trying to do? He's trying to hit a homer? He's got a giant uppercut in his swing. Why do you got a giant uppercut in your swing? You're not a home run hitter. Like, I, 
I just, you know, he's got the bent upper half. He's got that 2023 20, swing where you're trying to get the ball in the air, all those things, right? It's the it's the natural uppercut from a lefty, and, and on top of it, you got that bent upper half. It's it's just he's missing pitches he should never miss. You're a big leaguer. If you're a big leaguer, you're going to be around. You're going to get playing time. You got to start hitting the fastball, and that's sort of what I think you're you're starting to see here is until he actually starts doing it, Jeff, I just don't know how you take him serious as a hitter. I mean, I, I, I mean, with all due I, respect, that's the one thing, right, is if you're going to be a bench guy, if you're going to sit over there for a little while, and then when you come off, boy, you better be able to hit the hater. And right now it just looks like the swing path and the things he does with ever half, he just a lot of times doesn't have a, a chance. And it's, yeah, and, and, and Kevin Vigil, bad. look, we, we, we've had – I mean, God, we had – the first call we had after a 9-3 win was about Kevin Vigil. Like, the fans it, – it, it's, it's becoming a thing. It's becoming it a thing because you've got three second basemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got one guy, Santiago Esmo. I, you know, with, all, I, with all due respect to the previous caller, um, I, I, I don't think you can criticize Santiago Espinal for anything because he ain't getting enough at-bats from where I'm sitting. He's not. He's not getting enough at bats, and and that's the problem. At the end of the year, I'll, listen. I believe that at the end of the year, John Schneider, the, you could probably work it so that everybody got their at bats. But right now, it isn't. Right now, it isn't happening. And uh, I understand you like having a left-handed bat. And to me, you got enough with Varsho and Kiermaier and Belt and Chapman, and these guys doing what they're going to do. Doing what they're going to do to me, Kevin. I'll sacrifice Kevin Biggio's left-handedness for Whit Merrifield every day or Santiago Espinal every day. I just, I just will. And we've got to. I mean, we just got to. Kevin Biggio is what he is. All right, he is what he is. He's not 22 years old. He's not t- tomorrow. He's not going to turn into an all-star. He's not. He's to me. He's the finished product. This is Kevin Biggio. This is going to be his career. And. I get the organization likes him. I get that the, the, the manager trusts him. I get all that good stuff. But to me, he just doesn't he – doesn't, he doesn't produce to warrant the playing time. Yeah, it's, right now for me, Santiago is going – He's going through a mental grind, right? It's not physical. It's it's not uh, not having the ability to go out there and perform. It's just a mental grind. And when you yep. have that, it's that's you know that that's almost ninety percent of the battle is what's between the years. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We've got fifteen minutes left. We will get to your calls. Please hold the line. Three one, the Toronto Blue Jays losing to the Detroit Tigers. Don't look now, folks. Here come the thirteen and zero Tampa Bay Rays into the Rogers Center tomorrow. We'll take a break. Come back with more on the other side. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan and the Sportsnet radio network. I wish I could say I can always just throw a sinker, and I I don't care who you are. Like I think like the odds are in my favor, um, and especially kind of when my velo is kind of if I can throw it, if I can rear back and throw it like 95, 96, I, I know for a fact you got to respect it. So it opens up that window for mistakes at like 70 miles an hour to 75 miles an hour. It, it opens up that window where I can make a lot more mistakes and just completely get away with them. Blue Jays, 3-1 losers to the Detroit Tigers at the Rogers Center. That was Chris Bassett um, discussing his performance tonight. And uh, tomorrow it'll be Jose Brios against the scorching hot Tampa Bay Rays. And speaking of which, it's time now for the Major League Baseball Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, 
build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. First and foremost tonight, shout-out to the Minnesota Twins, Edward Julian. Kid from Quebec City, number 95 prospect in baseball. He was in the leadoff spot tonight for the first time. Pretty good night, you might say. First career hit, first career homer as part of a nine-run inning. The fourth hitter since 1974 to collect his first career hit and first career home run in the same inning. The last player to accomplish that was Aramis Garcia, who did it for the Giants in 2018. The Minnesota Twins putting the boots to the New York Yankees 11-2 in the Bronx last night. Kevin Barker, dude goes off Otako. The Bronx, pretty big, pretty big moment. Pretty big moment for him, I would say. Absolutely. Easy pop. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're looking for, right? You get a good pitch to hit. You don't overswing, even if it's in Yankee Stadium. I played in Yankee Stadium. It's hard to not overswing. Nice, easy approach. Let the ball carry. It's a great swing. Good for him. Elsewhere in the American League East, the Boston Red Sox lost 9-3 to the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are 13-0. The Baltimore Orioles beat Oakland 8-7. So as we look at the standings for bet 3-6-5, Tampa Bay is at top at 13-0. The Yankees and Jays are both 8-5. Baltimore is 7-6. The Boston Red Sox are 5-8. Tampa's 13-0. I just I, I you know I just I shake my head when I when I think of that. I mean they could they could come in or they take two or three and they're what six up in the Jays. Pretty the good cushion this early in the season. I mean it is, and everybody says the schedule's going to get tougher, yada yada yada. But with this type of a start, you almost do one of those. Okay, let's see what happens if they just play play five hundred the rest of the way, and uh, if they do that, it's pretty hard to not see them getting a playoff spot right now. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to say it. Well, it was, I hate to say it, but it's pretty true. If they play ten games under five hundred, you're looking at ninety three, ninety four wins too. That's a lot Yikes. of wins. Yeah. Oof. Joe and Mississauga, you're at the game tonight. You want to talk about the lineup in particular, Brandon Belt? Go ahead, Joe. Hey, uh, Jeff. Um, listen, Jeff. I heard you earlier today about talk about uh, Belt and you know, how we should kind of wait on him. Uh, I mean, I know he has a major league track record and he's a left-handed bat, which they sorely need, but um, I don't know, man. Like, and I know it's April, it's early. I understand that. But how long is his organization willing to wait on this guy to start producing? I know it's only a few games in, but uh, right now it doesn't look too pretty. Um, I mean, it's not like it's not like he's keeping somebody else out of the lineup. Well, that's I, just I, it, right? Would, like, you, rather well, have, would you rather have Biggio in there? I, I mean... Well, no, that's just it, right? It's, it's, again, they sorely need a left-handed bat, right? So where my my question to everybody else is, where do you get that? But this is they've been crying this game. They've been playing this game forever to try to well, find they got, a left-handed bat. Well, they got they have Dalton Varsho and, and, and Kevin Kimmer. No, I don't no. think... You know what? I don't think... I'm going to tell you this. I don't think they need another left-handed bat right now. They may, they may just need another bat. Okay. I mean, they, well, well, they just may need okay. another bat. I'm beyond saying, oh, they've got to bring another left-handed bat. Because we, we keep getting back to this. You're not going to bring a left-handed bat in to replace Matt Chapman. You're not going to bring a left-handed no. bat in to replace George Springer, Bichette, or Guerrero. So we're, we're talking about a, a few positions here. Like, and, and as far as Brandon Bell goes, he's, 
He's an old dude. I'm willing to give him a chance. Yeah, I, I'm no, willing I get to give him it. a chance. No, I understand. No, it, another thing there, guys. Um, the play where uh, Springer was advancing to uh, third, and then he had to go back to second because of the umpire interference there. Uh, like a bunch of us in the ballpark were like, "What happened?" Right? It's not. Um, uh, it's, it's it's not. What it's, was it? it's really. It's not umpire interference. The ball hit the umpire. The play is dead. The runner okay, gets fair, the runner gets to advance. So, I mean, that's. But what I, what I'm saying is, it was kind of a it was kind of like a bang bang kind of play, right? Because you know, right? So for me as a spectator, these umps have mics, right? Why don't do it like the NFL? Like, hey, oh, there was a, like because it, it was kind of like a what happened? I had to text a friend that was at the at the bar. I mean, and ask him. I, Right, that's like always. That's never a good sign when you're texting someone at a bar to explain anything to you at night. <laughs> well, no, uh, but uh, just like uh, they have money, it's, right? It's just listen. Uh, I no, go ahead. Sorry. I'm with you. No, no, no. I'm not. It's just I, I want to move along because we have another caller. I'm with you 100. Um, percent I've. I'll, I'll tell you what I would like to see. What I would like to see and what I would like to hear. And there is some talk that you are going to see this in other sports. Um, there's some talk that some of the European soccer leagues are going to do it. They do it already in rugby. I would like to hear the conversation over the PA system between New York and the umpires. I want to know what they're looking at, why they're looking at, what the decision is. But to your point about that play, I, I don't see – why wouldn't they just come come on, use the microphone, come on and say the runner, you know, the runner's pulled back because of because the ball hit the umpire or however you want to describe it? And explain it to people. I I absolutely have no problem with that. Um, and and especially, you know, like this is a game. This is a game with a lot of rules. Most baseball fans know most of the rules. Kevin, some baseball fans know all the rules. If you're bringing new people in, which is what this whole pitch clock and everything's about, sure. I, I think you do have to do a better job of ex, of of explaining it. I'm I'm completely yeah. with the caller in that. Yeah, there is a lot of there is a lot on an umpire's plate now. There there is a lot that they have to take care of and and be aware of, and that just adds another element to it. If you have, if you're going to make them, you know, have to come out and, and tell you every single play. That's no, no, no. Happened but you don't do it every single play. Everybody, it's a lot. It's a lot. No, that's not not every. That's that's the only play tonight you would have had to do it. That doesn't happen all the time. But I think what the caller's point is when something like that happens, uh, just come on and and. And give the rule. It, t- it takes a minute. It doesn't require the um- – it's, it's not complicated for the umpire. Um, I don't uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm, – I'm absolutely with the caller in that. It's not like you're going to be doing it. I'm not saying that you have to come on and explain why a guy was out in a 4-6-3 double. You don't have to do that. But when something like that happens, when something out of the ordinary happens, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's any problem. Uh, I don't think there's any problem with coming on. But that's what I would like to hear. I would like to be able to hear the conversation – between the umpire and the you know the controlling whatever it is in, in in New York the head office in New York I'd like to hear the conversation between the umpire and uh, and uh, and New York Michael in Mississauga you've got the last question take us home hey how's it going I'm gonna Good be day. honest with you guys I'm uh, I'm sitting here shaking in my boots just thinking about Jose Barrios pitching into 13 and 0 at the Bay race and uh, <laughs> The reason is, look, like, I think, Jay's worst-case scenario with Jose Barrios, like, what are the options, right? You trade him. I don't think he's got any value there. Uh, you wave and designate him for assignment. Does the team pick him no. up? I don't know. 
The other thing is maybe he pitches well enough that we could get him into the bullpen if he struggles as a starter, mm. but like I don't know, I'm shaking here, right? Like you got nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, all you can do is go and light a candle. And go and light a candle and whatever you pray to, whoever you pray to, whatever you do to uh, get good karma going, do it. I mean, we talked, there's there's nothing you can do with Jose Barrios but hope and pray right now because I, I just don't think there are any other options. Ricky Tiedemann, Ricky Tiedemann had a, had a real good game at double A today. Ricky Tiedemann's what, 20 years old. You know, I heard Buck say in the telecast that at some point this year, he thinks Ricky Tiedemann's going to be helping the Blue Jays. I happen to agree with that. I don't think it's right now, though. I, the, the Jays don't have, for better or worse, this is what you got. And yeah. I guess Mitch White is an option. That doesn't excite me all that much either. The best case scenario for the Jays, Kevin, you just you hope that you say Kikuchi, that what we're seeing from him now, what we saw in spring training in the first couple of starts, you hope that's what you're going to get because that at least mitigates the damage. And boy, oh boy, you really hope that Alec Manoa gets it gets it gets Go, it figured going, out right away going into the season you needed three guys in your rotation to give you almost 200 innings barrios is still one of them they need to figure it out and figure it out quick yeah but uh like i said man whatever whatever you do for extra karma good karma whatever it is those of you out there who are blue jays you buy fans, me I coffee tomorrow that'll work it. that'll help no i'm not buying you coffee tomorrow <laughs> Good karma does not extend to me reaching into my wallet. 3-1, the Blue Jays lost to the Detroit Tigers. And, folks, here come the scorching hot, red-hot 13-0 Tampa Bay Rays. 7-0-7 first pitch tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know spring is the best time of the year to protect your vehicle from rust? Find out why and book your appointment today at crown.com. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection.